everybody. Today we're talking to Dan Hansen, President and CEO of Summit Hotel Properties. Summit just released their Q2 earnings report, so we're going to dive into that a little. We're going to find out Dan's opinion on the evolution of the hotel industry and why he thinks transactions are going to pick up over the next 12 months, which is good for me. Thanks for joining. Great view. Is that, where are you at? Is that your home office? No, it's the office office. Office office? Yeah, yeah, I got to get out of the house. When did you, um, was it a year ago or two years ago that you did the big office move? Yeah, good question. Last year, July. So Last year? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're, I, yeah, I mean, I want to have a terrible time. Is there, is the simulator broken yet? Or? No, it's still working. It's All getting right. a lot more use. I gotta, I gotta make a trip down there. I haven't seen that, but. I, come on, get on a plane, do something. I will. Yeah. We're done. Uh, if it's if it's if it's this slow for the rest of the year, I'm not going to have anything else to do. So we're going to be doing a TikTok on a daily basis, I think. Because <laughs> we're all just bored. Got to find some stuff to do for sure. Look, it's going to be a it's going to be a, a heck of a uh, an opportunity um, if you're patient and and have the wherewithal and the stomach for it. When is that coming? The recovery. Sure. Or the opportunities. Yeah. Look, I think it's early. I think people are still trying to figure out exactly what they have. Um, I think there's still a little bit of game of chicken going on with the banks. Um, I think lenders are in a tough spot, just like owners are, just like the brands are. And I think trying to find that uh, thread the needle, so to speak, to find the path back, uh, I think is going to be top of mind, at least, you know, for, for the next quarter or so. Uh, I do th- you know, ascribe the, 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 the odds, it'll be a little longer than shorter. Um, I don't think next year we're back, but I think it's improved. Uh, it seems like the consensus is never right. So when everybody is projecting a longer recovery, I would generally err on the shorter side. When people say it's going to take longer for business to recover, I would probably, you know, uh, uh, take the the other side of that argument, um, at least for the kind of the intermediate term. It does feel like this fall is going to be a little softer than originally anticipated, though. Yeah, it's, I mean, we were seeing. I don't know what you're project, projecting occupancy and revenue wise, but you know, back in April, everyone was like, "Oh, it'll be fifty plus percent," and now it's still in the forties. Yeah, I think there was a, a hope that business travel would come back at least in a limited capacity. And I think everybody is kind of a believer that that's not necessarily the case and probably unlikely. And uh, look, I, I think that uh, as evidenced by uh, the few times I have been out, people want to be out. They don't want to be doing this. They want to be doing this in person. They want to go to conferences. But until employers are willing to let people go, um, I think it's going to be more of this and less of the in-person meetings. But as soon as that opens up, you know, I think things will, will move uh, uh, in, a, in, a, in a pretty strong way uh, because people just want to get out. We're not wired to just sit and do Zoom calls and work from home. Uh, it sounds good until you have to do it for a prolonged period of time. We're social beings, right? We want to engage in, 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 in a variety of, of activities, whether it's personal and professional. And, and I think that in and of itself uh, gives me optimism that we're going to get back sooner than, you know, some of the, the, the naysayers would say. But is that still post-vaccine? 
We got to get a vaccine yeah. for everybody to feel comfortable getting on planes and going to shake hands. I think you'll have to have a vaccine for businesses to feel comfortable allowing people to go travel. Um, but I don't think there needs to be a vaccine for people to want to travel because we're seeing it now. You know, maybe we're not seeing quite as much air travel, but people are traveling. Um, but if they can't travel for work because either the, the business is struggling, like many of our businesses are, and you're cutting back on travel, then I think until they will kind of loosen up the restrictions there. Uh, and that might be a vaccine that gets legal and compliance comfortable saying, hey, it's okay to travel in these limited capacities. All right. So let, I'm going to dive into your portfolio real fast. I mean, listen, you guys have a well-diversified, seemingly well-positioned limited service portfolio. Uh, I don't know, 72 assets, 23 markets. Uh, what are you seeing nuanced in your portfolios? Same stuff everyone's seeing? Yeah, look, I mean, our urban stuff is not doing as well as our suburban stuff. Our extended stay is doing better than our more transient hotels. So that, I think, is pretty consistent among uh, all portfolios. Um, we do have some markets that maybe act a little bit different. Uh, like we have uh, an asset in downtown Charlotte uh, that does well on weekends, right? It's not exactly... It's an urban market, but it's it's it can be uh, acts a little bit more like a drive-to market. Downtown Atlanta on weekends has actually been good for us. I'm not sure who's driving to downtown Atlanta, but we're having some some strong weekend business there at both our courtyard and, and AC. So, um, yeah, it's 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 different. Um, uh, but we're running them all lean. But no, I'd say in general, our portfolio is acting much like the industry as a whole. I, I, I'm just on business, so I'm going to go to the other business question, which is liquidity and cash burn. Uh, sorry, Q2 reports. You guys are in great shape, but explain. Yeah, I mean, we've got, you know, you know, uh, uh, two to three years of liquidity to ride out this, you know, a, what could be a prolonged downturn. Personally, I, I don't think it'll be uh, that prolonged, but it does give us the flexibility. Um, but yeah, we're still burning through seven to eight million dollars a month, which adds up, right? And while we're kind of break even at the hotel level, we have you know some some uh, work to do to get uh, back to where we're you know cash flow. We have um, you know great people out in markets driving business, um, but uh, in the absence of that business traveler, which is a uh, we're pretty much balanced 50-50 between business and leisure. In the absence of that traveler, uh, pushing rates uh, difficult. Not that it was easy prior to the downturn, but uh, yeah, it's uh, we, we still have a ways to go. But as you pointed out, we do have uh, good liquidity and good runway. Have you dropped rates trying to gain occupancy? Getting into yeah, that I mean, corner battle? In some markets, sure. I, I think... Uh, you're, you're trying to get to what would be a break even and the, the, the balance of that between rate and occupancy will, you know, fluctuate depending upon the hotel and the drivers. Right now, it's predominantly leisure business, so uh, much more price sensitive. But, you know, fortunately, we've spent, you know, several hundred million dollars over the last, you know, five, six years. So most of our properties are, you know, well renovated in good shape. So I think we're competing pretty nicely from that standpoint. Yeah, I'm guessing you've uh, been able to push your pips back and any other capital expenditures back a few, I don't know, years. Yeah, we've pushed everything off except uh, projects we had underway. 
uh, at this point. We're still going forward with projects like, um, you know, keyless entry and things like that, that are still kind of in line with, you know, the, the frictionless guest experience that we're all trying to move forward with. But uh, for the most part, it's finishing up projects and, you know, we'll do one or two uh, here out here on, from here on out until we get on more stable footing. And talk debt with me. I don't think you guys have much debt issues. You know how many maturities? No, we've got a couple of years before there's any right. maturities. So we've got, you know, that flexibility. And, you know, John Stanner and Adam Waddell and our team have done a masterful job managing, you know, the balance sheet. So we're in, in pretty good shape um, uh, from uh, any near-term maturity issues. Yeah, I, I mean, I think you're in great shape. Again, $270 million in cash uh you can hang out for a while yeah it, look hanging out's kind of not our dna right i mean that's um kind of not how we look at things I, I think uh while we can do that i think our goal is to try to find you know ways to add value and at some point be you know positioned to be a little bit more on the offense um i'm, I'm a little weary of the discussions about when we get back to 2019 rev park because yep. I don't know, and it doesn't really matter. We are where we are, right? We are here today. And, you know, I like our hotel portfolio today. I like the, the I think there's great value here. And we will continue to, you know, earn our way back to, um, you know, profitability and uh, outperformance at, at some point, to the extent we can capitalize on other opportunities. Uh, we sure like to do that, but but I think the path back is is going to be filled with with hard work and um, sitting by and watching it happen just probably isn't as much uh, fun as is going out and finding opportunities. So we look forward to getting getting uh, uh, active again at some point. How do you think you're going to transition your own portfolio? You know, over the course of the next year, three five. Yeah, so um, we've had a history of, you know, buying and selling. I probably as much, if not more than anybody. And, Agreed. you know, our, our founder, Kerry Buckelhide, was probably a very much overlooked visionary in this space, right? He's, he's uh, uh, you know, one of the finest men I'll ever know. And he taught me early on that you just can't fall in love with your hotels. And I remember going to him with the recommendation to sell one of the first hotels that he built. And I was like, oh gosh, he's never gonna wanna sell this. And I put this great report together and he looked at it and opened the first page and looked at the summary and said, yep, it's time to go. And just pushed it right back at me. And he's like, are you surprised? And I said, well, yeah. And he's like, it's just math. You just can't get at attached to these properties. And you know, it bodes well for a company like yours because I do believe that the relationships and the connectivity with buyers and sellers is going forward going to be one of the few ways to create, you know, outsized growth in this space. You know, I've been a believer in that uh, for a long time. And um, it's, it's unfortunate because there's so many great hoteliers that, you know, have built family legacies on buying and building and owning for the long term, but it's just getting harder and harder to make money without transacting, right? There's, the pips are getting more expensive and, you know, the, the cost of construction is getting um, incredibly high, the supply and the alternative accommodations. And um, 
it, it feels like there is this, and I've been guilty of it too. You and I have debated value of hotel, right? You, you kind of fall in love with this. This is mine. I built it. And it's to me, it's like your kids, right? I mean, everybody thinks their kid is a little bit smarter and a little bit better athlete than they probably are. And we all think our hotels are a little nicer and need a little bit less capex, but that may not be a reality. And accepting that reality and knowing that these aren't forever assets, hotels, not your kids, your kids are forever assets. So don't recycle, you know, your, your kids. But as far as hotels go, you've got to, if you're really trying to build something, you got to be open to the idea of, of moving on. And, and I think that's the one thing that, you know, our founder Gary instilled in me early on is that uh, don't fall in love with your assets. You are where you are. Can you make, can you create value and then move on? So what do you think that hold period looks like in the future? Uh, I think it's very much individual and, and, and opportunistic. Um, and there are, I think there are certain circumstances where you want to sell it before a renovation is due. And there are certain uh, situations where um, you can probably do a renovation cheaper or better or more unique and it pays to get that done and then get it ramped up again. But, you know, I, I think each, each hotel is unique and distinct and I don't think there's a one size fits all. And that's, I guess I think a little bit of our secret sauce is, you know, we do a lot of our own project management, our design work. We have our own internal revenue management. So each one gets kind of its own unique strategy. So I, if we're shifting, if you see the industry shifting to a transaction based uh, world, which is music by ears, but I'm thinking, so we have our individual owners who are typically great developers and builders and product and stuff and often operators uh, then we have the private equity that tends to buy something, fix it, hold it three to five years, and then flip it. And then we have the REITs, you guys, who hold cash flow, cash flow, hold cash flow, distribute a dividend. Yeah. So what do you think the future is of the REIT world? Uh, it's tough. I, I think when we went public, we went public with the idea of being uh, unlike other REITs, with, which is... Uh, recycling capital, buying and selling assets. So taking a lot of what we uh, were and how we created value as a private company and trying to do it inside of a REIT wrapper. So um, we're not a what some would consider a consolidator, right? We're a value creator. We'll buy and we'll sell and we'll take the risk of selling something, taking the profits and trying to reallocate the capital where a lot of others would just like to keep bringing in assets and paying out a dividend. That just gets really hard because there's always a renovation due, right? And whether you're own it long-term or you're selling it, uh, but there are these cycles. And sometimes there are these market cycles within economic cycles where you should take advantage of opportunities. Um, you know, San Francisco is a great example, right? You could have sold any hotel at a low cap rate in San Francisco a year ago. And today, they're closed. So what should you have taken that opportunity? Absolutely. Uh, hindsight's always 2020, but there are windows when valuations don't make sense and it's hard for REITs to do that. So um, I think from an individual development standpoint, uh, there are a lot of great developers, you know, that, uh, you know, we're all friends with and we've seen, you know, buying and selling going on. Private equity's got generally a time period of a fun life that, you know, creates movement. And uh uh, I think there is a certainly an opportunity for all of those to kind of fit together. Um, but ours is a little bit less like some of the other REITs that are, are more long-term holds. 
Yeah, you guys, I mean, you guys are going to great job of transitioning your portfolio. I mean, how many of your original assets do you still own? So we had 65 when we went public. We have 72 today and five are the original 65. Yeah. So kind of quietly, we have kind of re you know, uh, uh, structured the entire portfolio. Um, and But there's always a bottom 10% of the portfolio. And there's always unique opportunities where a hotel is probably because of market dynamics and demand is priced above where you may think it is valued. And taking advantage of those and reallocating the capital into something that is, you know, underinvested or a market that may be out of favor, you know, that to me is, is, is where we think the, the opportunities will lie. Well, I think you've proven you can do it to give you kudos. It's, it's easy to hold. It's difficult to trade something, either buy or sell. One, you have to have relationships. Two, you have to have the guts to make a decision because you now put yourself on the board for scrutiny. Oh, yeah. why'd they sell for that? Oh, why they buy? They paid too much. They sold too little. Uh, you guys have proven in all market conditions. Ah, we don't care. We're going to make the right decision and hope it'll work out. That is the the the, the challenge of being public, right? Because it is by definition public. So what you buy and what you sell at is is very much uh, looked at and read through and people try to, you know, take uh, a view on whether that was a good deal or a bad deal. And it's unfortunate that uh, in, in the space that we're in, there has, in many people's eyes, there has to be a winner and a loser in a transaction. There just, there just doesn't, right? There can be, uh, uh, we've sold assets at very low cap rates to local owner operators that would, would, those those are just cap rates that would uh, you know made us look very smart, but they bought it with a, a specific opportunity in mind. They had uh, local um, uh, management. They had you know clusters of assets. They could run them very well together. They may be able to do a renovation, uh, a cheaper or better. Uh, they may be able to do some consolidation. They may be able to cut expenses. We're a public company, so um, I think that is 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 really unfortunately what we deal with is is that notion that there has to be a winner and a loser and i don't believe that i don't think hotel transactions are a zero-sum game i think part of its timing part of its opportunity and part of it's a differing opinion on you know where uh evaluation may lie based on you know demand and opportunity so um i think sometimes people get too caught up on headline numbers uh and that like i said is a little bit unfortunate so let's move to, uh, you know, sort of economy, but all right, college football, uh, you know, we're seeing the, it starts to crumble. How do you see that from a hotel perspective? I don't know if you have any assets in any Pac-12 or, or Big Ten markets, but what's that going to do to valuations of those now non-college markets? I think all the cancellations um, are just a continued you know, detrimental uh, effect for hotels. You know, any anything that is uh, draws media attention to, you know, the the COVID nineteen crisis is just negative for travel. Uh, and and I, I think, unfortunately, college football, it, at least for myself and probably you and, and a lot of America, was so much being looked forward to. Right? It's like we've had so much time where. Um, you know, Netflix reruns and, and have been, you know, wearing on us that just to see some live sports uh, has been exciting. And, and uh, so I think more than anything else, it's, it's just a, a little bit depressing to think that um, we're not going to have that. And um, 
So, but I do think it does affect some of the markets with uh, particularly some of the smaller college towns um, with, you know, occupancy, you know, one more reason that, um, you know, Q4, uh, Q3 and Q4 is probably going to be, you know, slower um, as some of this travel that was anticipated starts to dissipate. Yeah. And I'm, I agree with you psychology wise. And I was just wondering if that, if that means you're going to start investing in, SEC college towns and getting out of Big Ten college towns. I, mean, I don't know if it trickles that far or not. Um, look, I, I think we're we're very much bottom up underwriters. So I mean, we would look at an asset that was dislocated, just like anybody else. That you know, if the convention center was closed and uh, uh, occupancy was down because of that, you're you, you got to underwrite a rebound, and you know, do does the seller underwrite that rebound different than the buyer. But yeah, I don't think the, the current crisis and uh, the, the uh, cancellation of, you know, football or, or anything like that creates a permanent impairment, but you know, it does, it does matter in this, in this environment where we're already on historically low occupancy rates. That's a bigger concern, right? If you're just getting to the spot where, you know, you're cash flowing and you're, you're, you're starting to get the, the, the franchise fees paid and your banks paid, and then you, you start to lose those big, you know, SEC weekends, then do you need, you know, more forbearance and more flexibility? Uh, that's different than I was running, you know, 89%. Now I'm going to run 69%. Um, so I, I do think that might have a, a larger effect, mostly on, on the individual assets in those markets, but I don't think it provided you can weather the storm. I think that'll it'll be back and it'll be stronger than ever. And and we're starting to see, in the short run at least, we're starting to see where the banks don't want to lend in college markets at the moment, yeah. which has not been the case. It's been the total opposite. They love those markets. And yeah. now they're staying away from them. Yeah, lending is going to be a, a unique or be a unique opportunity to see how that evolves. Right? I mean, um, I, I've never thought that um, lending would be back to the level it was this last cycle after the last down cycle. So how does it come back from here? Does it get all the way back to where, where it was? Does it get halfway back? Is it, you know, a capacity issue? Is it an allocation issue? Do hotels get a lower allocation in a, in a lender's book? Does it, is it a, a lower loan to value? Uh, is, is construction lower loan to cost? I think all that has to be figured out yet. Um, I think, I do think that the banks have to understand that they are part of the solution too. And uh, their flexibility uh, is going to be important, not just protecting, you know, their loan, but, you know, the asset which protects their loan. So we're hopeful and, and I'm hearing stories that, that banks, you know, despite being in a tough spot as well, are starting to provide some flexibility that, you know, hopefully will, will allow owners to get through this rough path. So put your banker hat on. What's going to get you comfortable? What's going to get the banks comfortable? I mean, is it is it a vaccine? Is it a therapeutic? Is it the election? Uh, look, I think the election matters, right? And um, without going too detailed into politics, I oh, think okay. it's, it's, it's hard not to look at, you know, the coronavirus and the ramifications of it and not read politics into it because that's what you see on TV every day. It's this, they're not doing this, they should be doing this, this person is, you know, should be, you know, having this narrative, and, you know, whether it's social media, you know, normal media, or, or politics, I, I think everybody's after the same thing, which is, 
you know, safety and uh, an opportunity to get, you know, find their way back. Uh, so I do think that this is going to be something that we'll look back on and there'll be some great lessons learned here. Um, but, but I hope what the lessons learned are uh, more about we had a chance to spend more time with our family outdoors, enjoying things other than, you know, politics ruined another and, and uh, the reaction to coronavirus ruined a whole generation of wealth and education for our kids. You know, hopefully it'll be broader than that and there'll be some positive takeaways. So I hope you haven't spent a time with the family. I know you and your daughter were big golfers, golf a lot together. Tell me you got to play some golf with your daughter throughout we the did get, We did get to play some golf. We, we got a chance to do you know, some hiking and some uh, fly fishing and things like that this summer. Uh, not as much as we would have liked, you know, we were kind of staying fairly close to home. We, you know, more staycations in and around Austin than, than anything else, but uh, it has been fun. You know, it wasn't exactly, you know, my daughter's dream to be attending online classes and uh, living at home, although I liked it certainly more than she did, but, you know, she is back, moved into her apartment, uh, here in uh, Austin uh, and ready to start classes again. So there'll at least be some level of normalcy for her. Yeah, have you taken her back to school this week? Everybody's going back to college this week. Yeah, uh, actually two weeks ago we moved her in and, and uh, you know, she's, you know, getting settled and getting ready to start classes. So she still has uh, in-person classes so far, but um, my suspicion is some of those will go to online also. And you guys were comfortable sending her and she was ready to go and yeah, look, I'm not, I've traveled. I'm not afraid to travel. I'll get on an airplane if, if, if anybody will see me. Um, uh, I, I think that um, my perspective is that there are things you can do to protect yourself, um, but that I don't want to let it get in the way of uh, uh, me engaging with individuals on a personal level. Um, I wear a mask um, mostly to make other people comfortable. Um, I do think it prevents the, you know, the spread of COVID-19 and, and I think that that's great, but, um, I think our country was founded on, uh, wanting to go out and do things and, um, engage with people. And I think we're risk takers as a society and, um, there should be certain things that we can do to curb, you know, infection rates, but I don't think it means that we should have to be, uh, prisoners in our own homes and communities. I think there are, you know, restrictions and logic that should prevail, but um, I'm excited to get out and, and get uh, and see people again. So when do we get to see each other face to face again? Uh, soon. Um, I think we were, uh, when this was starting to happen was right when your conference was taking place, right? And so I know that was a tough decision for you to make. I mean, maybe I know this is Q&A for me, but what would be your perspective on how you make that decision? And if you were scheduling a conference for this fall, how would you think about it as a, a business owner and, and uh, you know, being respectful of the different constituencies that are coming? So I think it's tough. I mean, I, I just think until there's vaccines and therapeutics, it's going to be tough to have mass gatherings. So I'm, I'm fascinated as an attendee to see what happens with the conferences coming up this fall. Yeah. Um, instincts are they probably get kicked, but who knows? Uh, Business-wise, we're looking at the Hunter Conference next year. I mean, it's March, so yeah. we're only you know we're optimists. So we think that there'll be solutions by then, and that the world had better be back coming, or we got even bigger problems. 
Yeah. But we're, we're doing virtual and planning on all kinds of stuff to uh, have plan B. And maybe it's A and B doing it the same. But I, I'm not sure we're going to be the same. I think we're going to have fundamental pivots that last for a long time. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask you the, for some good news. Leave me with some good news. Uh, um, well, we have an election coming up. And elections usually signify change. Uh, I don't think there's a... Uh, a clear winner or favorite. It, it really depends upon who you talk to. Uh, but I do think uh, the election puts a lot of stuff behind us. And uh, just like 90 days ago, there was a completely different perspective on Q4. I think 90 days from now, we'll have a different perspective, uh, certainly post-election, on uh, the, the recovery for next year. I think it's better than people are anticipating. Uh, I think generally the consensus is wrong. So as the consensus gets more and more negative about you know, Q4 and the election and the potential ramifications, I think that all gets reflected in people's psyches. And once we start passing some of those milestones, I think people are starting to think forward and look forward again. So I do think next year is gonna be a better year than people are estimating uh, because there is this pent up demand of people wanting to get out and travel. All right, that is be a better move. So we, we shouldn't totally abandon this business all together right now? No, I, I don't think so. Look, I, I think we all love the business. We're all trying to find reasons not to throw in the towel. Uh, and I just look at, we are where we are. Um, if, would, would you own the hotels that you own at the valuation they are today? The answer is absolutely yes. Now, do you want to own them at maybe the basis you had or what they were? Look, it doesn't feel good, but we are where we are. Let's, 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 you know, Pull up our bootstraps. Let's get back to work. Let's negotiate the best deals we can and know that after the last downturn, it took years for us to get back. We're going to get back there. People are going to travel again. Uh, Zoom meetings like this are a great fill-in, but they're still just a tool. It doesn't, doesn't replace you know, the hugs and the handshakes and the fist bumps that we all have every time we're together. You know, it doesn't replace, you know, the cocktail parties and the deals that are done, you know, over a beer on a, on a sidebar at a conference and people that's pent up. People want to get out, right? The few times that I've been out and got together with people, it was like Christmas, right? <laughs> I, I, I think people want to get out and see people again. So um, look, I, I think it's been interesting how efficient uh, Zoom calls are and, you know, Microsoft Teams. I've been, you know, pleasantly surprised, but it just doesn't replace the person-to-person the -person contact. So uh, I'm looking forward to it and look forward to seeing everybody soon. I'm looking forward to seeing you too. Buy me a drink and a cocktail and a steak next like time it. I see you, will you please? Sounds great. Dan, you're a good friend. I appreciate the time, as always. Kind of All right, be well. Thank you too. Take care.